Hang on. We're going to start from the top. Yeah, okay. Well, welcome to the Jody Matho podcast where we talk everything conspiracy theories and cats. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, it is the best bits of the show, Jodes. Uh, short week, Australia Day, Friday. So we only worked uh, a few days. But jam-packed days. Absolutely jam-packed. We filled it as much as we possibly could. We kicked it off uh, talking about some stats. Yeah, so the 2023 sporting website trends. And I know, Matho, you're a bit uh, shocked by the numbers. And I've got to say, I- I'm quite surprised at the volume of people going to these different websites. Yeah, when I read the first couple, it was in billion, and I thought, that's not right. That's not right. That, we can't count to that high. But <laughs> it is right. Yeah, so these are obviously visits um, over and over again, not unique visits. It's how many times they've uh, they've gone gone to them. And would you guess what number one is? Well, I, I, well, right, I know. Because <laughs> I'm asking, uh, uh, I'm asking uh, you know, someone else. Um <laughs> But uh, number one was a surprise to me. Yeah, AFL, yeah. which is crazy with 1.89 billion now that's, visits. Yeah, that is a, um, that's AFL.com.au. That's where they're going to. Yeah, how crazy. And in this list, there's no NRL, but I think I've cracked the code. The, the second ranked uh, sports website is foxsports.com.au with 1.6 billion. I'm pretty sure that's where people are going for the NRL news because there's so many different rugbies yeah. compared to AFL. So it's, it's probably all there. Um, the third one I think is very revealing about Aussies. It's sportsbet.com.au. When I saw it, I thought, uh, of, yeah, of course. Yeah. Number three, I'm surprised it's not a little bit higher, but I'm still shocked that. <laughs> I'm surprised that number four is NBA.com. I love watching the NBA. But like basketball? Yeah, but I didn't think uh-huh. uh, or, uh, you know, heaps and heaps of people did. Five is tab.com.au, so fairly revealing about uh, where Aussies have their priorities. What I was really uh, surprised at, well, by the way, cricket.com.au is down at number nine, which you mentioned something before I thought was funny, is that cricket's not played all year. So that is a pretty good start for cricket. Yeah, I feel like cricket's only popular in Australia towards the end of the year, like Christmas time Mm. with the tests and the big bash and all that sort of stuff. So I thought, yeah, I'm seeing it there. If you're a KO subscriber, that's at 13 and and, uh, SkySports.com is at 14. What blew my mind, absolutely blew my mind, and it comes before all the soccer and it comes before bet365.com.au is chess.com. Yeah. Now... (laughs) Now, this is not what you thought it was, Jody, which is just a website dedicated to very famous chess players. Uh, no, it's which, not. Which is fair, which is fair, look, it's fair enough. Uh, it's playing chess online with people. Yeah, I looked at it and it's it's a good setup. Yeah. I, uh, I think I'm going to be <laughs> quite You'll be there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, the top uh, sporting websites for 2023. I, I think 2024 is going to be very much the same. I'm surprised tennis is not in there. Very well uh, liked. Yeah, of course. Sport. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is rigged. I don't know. By people that hate tennis. I'm not too sure. <laughs> tennis in the NRL. <laughs> if you want to check it out for yourself, go to impressive.com.au forward slash SEO dash services from the Australian most popular sports website, Data. Jase, with all those stats, was there any sports that uh, you thought should have been on there? Uh, baton twirling. Oh, it's a travesty. It wasn't. Yeah, I was looking was. for it as well. Mm. Uh, from that sports to another sport, motorsport, of course, the uh, Bathurst 12 hours upon us. We were giving tickets away all the week before this week. And, uh, of course, with that, we had an opportunity to speak to some racing car drivers 
And one of them was a very fine young man. Yes, Chaz Mozart. He, you know, he's a seasoned professional mm-hmm. and he's going to have an absolute crack at the Bathurst 12 Hour. We kicked off chatting to Chaz about his debut into the 12 Hour format. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a pretty crazy year uh, for me personally. Obviously, got the Supercars Championship. I do it, you know, WAU for the whole year. And I decided, why not see what the other side of the fence is like? And uh, decided to go in with a partnership with one of my really good mates, Guy McIntyre. And we started... Uh, Method Motorsports in the GD4 category. So um, obviously got the 12-hour coming up, which is our first event, and we decided to jump straight in the deep end and do 12-hour endurance race to see if uh, we could put an awesome team together. So, um, yeah, we're working super hard in the background. Pretty excited to get there, and, um, yeah, I'm going to take... Uh, take one of the seats myself as well and drive uh, in, uh, in a GD4 car around there. It's going to be a pretty cool experience for us. Now, uh, being a driver, uh, what's, the, what's the difference between traditional supercar and, you know, driving the McLaren? Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, a lot different. I, I suppose um, the lap times are probably the biggest thing you'll see. I, I suppose a GD4 car around Bathurst compared to a supercar is probably, probably 12 or 14 seconds um, slower than what a supercar would be around there. So uh, it's just uh, it, it's probably a lot of different things like the driver aids and all that kind of stuff. Like a GD4 car has traction control and ABS, where a supercar is a bit more like a, an old dinosaur where it just uh, you've got to you've got to drive around those things. So the McLaren will probably look after us a little bit nicer. Um, but uh, yeah, there's probably the, the speed difference is probably the biggest thing. My Kluger's got traction control and ABS. <laughs> did you want did you want that, mate? Just whip it around. Well, if you put a GD4 sticker on the Kluger, then maybe you can come race the 12 hour as well. I'll have a go. Have You're in. <laughs> now, obviously, you know you want to you want to place first, but uh, being a new um, kind of a new team, what do you think uh, your chances are? Um, I think well, I think we've got a good chance in in the class, so in GD4 class there. So in, at the 12 hour, there's so many different. Um, classes, you've got GD3 cars, which are a lot faster than GD4 cars. So those cars are going for probably the outright race win. But in our class, I think we've got a good chance. So I've tried to lean on every um, connection that I have from um, personnel-wise. Like I feel I've probably got, um, you know, some of the best ex-supercar mechanics joining the team for, for the race weekend. So that's pretty exciting. Got some great engineers lined up. And I've got some super awesome young talent in other drivers um, um, that are up on the up, up and coming as well, so they'll be able to carry my um, old bum around for, <laughs> for, the, for the race and make me hopefully look good. So um, no, I'm really excited. We've got an awesome team together, um, so we do have a good chance for for class victory. That's what we're pretty much going there with the mentality. Yeah, that's a good yeah. mentality to have, isn't it? Just, Absolutely. Uh, just to just to get them on the uh, on the podium there. Now, apart from the Bathurst 12 Hour, of course, you're going to get that done and dusted. What's the plans for the rest of 2024? Yeah, obviously myself as full-time supercar driver with um, Walkinshaw and Greta United. So um, after the 12 hour, the exact max next week is actually racing at Mount Panorama again for our first series at the, uh, the, the 500-kilometer event there. So um, I'll uh, I'll stay in Bathurst for the week. So I don't know if I'll be just training or hopefully get around a golf in. It would be nice. <laughs> but um, waiting for the supercar t- circus to turn up in town. But um, yeah, we'll just. Uh, They'll start there, and then we've got 12 rounds of supercars for the year. And then we'll do the GD4 series with the with Method Motorsport, I think six rounds for the series. So, yeah, 20, 18, 20, 18 to 20 odd weekends of the year racing. I'll be uh, looking forward to Christmas coming as quick as possible by the end of it. Jazz, we really appreciate you taking out the time to have a chat to us, and we wish you all the best of luck to your new team, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll be first in your category at least. 
Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. For a guy that flies around a track at 300 k's an hour, he's pretty chill. He's so chill. I know, and it's such a lovely chat. And uh, off he was just just great. So good luck to him. And and uh, we speak to a couple of uh, racing car drivers ahead of the Bathurst 12 hour, and they're all pretty awesome. They are awesome. Mm. You know what's not awesome, Matthew? What's that? This pool saga. Oh, leave me alone. Yeah, we spoke about that again. Had more dramas. Well, not dramas, just more work. Yes, I thought it was over. No, we just had one more thing to do. I had a nearly a ton. No, not a ton. A bucket. I don't know. I think it's a ton of, of, of uh, big, you know, big uh, excavator bucket of uh, stones dropped off to the front of the house. <laughs> what do you think it was just a little, like little, a little pile? Leader. Yeah, like just, a little leader bucket. Yeah, good. <laughs> That's why you didn't do the ordering. Uh, yes. I did. And it turns out I'd got twice as much as I needed. So, oh. So that was a, a, a trap for young players. Um, but it all went, it all went well. It all, all the uh, stones went around the pool, and then the extra we actually used in the front yard. It looks spectacular. You'll have to come over for a, a swim. So by stones, pool party. do you mean like little pebbles? No, they're not pebbles. They're, they're jagged little things, just white, just all white stones. Okay. Um, yeah, they're just decorative. They're garden stones. They're used for edging. You've put a lot of effort into this pool. Yeah, I know. Like well, it's just a little that's what I wanted above to say. ground. Yeah, Mrs. Matho has. Because yesterday, uh, she's been going to the gym, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you can't say your wife's buff, right? They don't like that, right? <laughs> um, she's small, but now she's strong. Yeah. Scary strong. She put me to shame. At least She did at least five wheelbarrows full of stones. Wow. From the front yard to the backyard. Like an absolute champion. Goodness like me. Like she'd been uh, laboring for years. Well, she didn't have to go to the gym that day. No, it's and I the said, workout. No, you don't have to. All she needed was just a singlet and a, and a you know pair of stubbies and a dart hanging out of her mouth, and she just would have, <laughs> she would have been would have would have fitted the scene. Uh, no, she and she loved it. She you know considered it her workout, so she did very well. Then after it, we thought, well, let's have a dip. So we got in in the pool. Yeah, as you do. And then uh, Minnie Matho got in, and I've realised why sometimes I don't like going in the pool. Because when you ask your eight-year-old to get in, it's like inviting a life-size Mexican fighting fish <laughs> into the pool with you. Because you can, because I like to just float. Yeah, yeah. With my eyes shut, but my hearing is good because I can hear when he screams at John Cena, and uh, that scares the absolute crap out of me. I got, I got to tell you, and he does things underwater like like a fish, and I think I would drown. I would absolutely drown. He does these flips and these turns. Wow. And it looks like a very ungraceful dolphin. <laughs> but but everything's done now and uh, we are, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it. I think we're finished. You, you said that last year. Yeah, shush. <laughs> and then we came back from yeah, break yeah. And, we and, still, and we still needed more. All right. I won't, I won't, I won't jinx myself then. You know what? Next summer I could be just at the public pool. I think that's easier. <laughs> I think it's it is much much easier. You know what's not easy? Getting up early in the morning. And you know, it's not. You know what makes that very very hard? What is that? Watching tennis. Oh yeah. Late at night, which I stupidly decided to do. Matthew, did you say you watched the tennis last night? Yeah, unlikely. I know. I don't look like a tennis star. No. Uh, I did have a bit of a serve on me. Okay. Uh, it wasn't tennis. I used to just dish it to people. <laughs> uh, no, I watched tennis last night. My family's into it, like both sides, my wife's family, you know, all into it. Yeah, yeah. My mother-in-law can say all the names, all the Russian names. And, wow. And the, you know, uh, Czechoslovakian or Croatian Is names. Is she retired? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so we've been watching it and uh, Alex Demonor was on 
yesterday. Now, Alex Seminole is Aussie. Yes. And, that's, and I will watch anything, anything where an Aussie is having a go. Oh, I will that's watch nice. Pickleball if Aussies are in it, just to cheer them on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was there. Now, he look, Alex, he does not. He's been around for 10 years. He's 24 years old. Uh, he's earned $17 million playing yeah, tennis yeah. at 24. I don't like to think about it. Yeah. His opponent was 26, a Russian guy, and he's earned $30 million playing tennis. Wow. And, and I just think, why Why would you bother uh, after the first couple of mil? Why would you just not retire? I'd retire. That'd be it. But that's the difference between um, those sports stars yeah. and me, the lazy person on the couch, is that I settle for much less. Yes, and they play for sport, whereas yeah. uh, not for money. Yeah, that's right. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's all about the sport, you know, whatever. Um, so, <laughs> I was, so I was watching uh, this tennis match. There's a few things I don't get. I just don't get, get things. The crowd's weird. You've got to be real quiet. I, I would find that very hard. See, I went to, to the um, Australian Open a couple of years ago and it was it was weird, but it's different than obviously watching it on TV, as most sports are. Mm-hmm. But when we were there, the crowd was not quiet. Oh, yeah. You can't – like on the telly, they, they can shut off a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You look, you're talking more about the screaming. And the Russian guy was a very – Hothead. He was he was not a happy man. <laughs> no, uh, I at bet. all. In the first in the first couple of minutes, he complained about the wind. I said, "Bruh, yeah. I said, you are. Do not look at the umpire. He can't switch it off. <laughs> he, he has got a lot of control, but not over the wind. Not, he is not Mother Nature himself." Um, and I thought um, I, I thought the Aussie would win. He didn't. Demel didn't win. Uh, he got spanked after I went to bed, um, which is which is a weird way of saying things. But I'm changing the game of tennis. I'm changing its name. Okay. It's not going to be tennis anymore. It's called Please Go Over the Net. <laughs> <laughs> because that's it just looks like a game of they're just trying to get it over the net. Yeah. And if these professionals can't get it over the net, what chance have I got of it getting it be, over the net? It should be Please Get It Over the Net but in the square. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Get over the net but please stay in line. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can I win this point, please? It's so nerve-wracking. New petition. That's right. I'm off to play pickleball, by the way. I'll catch up with you later. <laughs> still haven't learned my lesson. I'm still staying up for the tennis. I don't know why I'm so attracted to it. Well, the Aussies are pretty much out now. Yeah, true. So no excuse. No excuse. Get a bit early. Um, I sh- I'll try that tonight. Hey, um, you know what I like about you and Mr. Jody? Yeah. You always seem to get out and about and do stuff. Well, we don't have any kids. You don't. You no responsibilities. Lenny. Oh, yeah. But my parents look after him. <laughs> Palm him off. That's what you do with kids too, by the way, just quietly. <laughs> and early in the week, we spoke about your next adventure. This weekend, we're going uh, to Sydney and it's uh, for my partner's Christmas present because I didn't know what to get him. So I just got him a trip to Sydney for the two of us. Why not? Um, I've only planned uh, mm. Thursday and Friday. That's <laughs> so right. we're there till Sunday and the plane uh, leaves at about 2.30. That sounds like an adventure to me. <laughs> right. Um, the, the reason that we're going is to eat food. Good. Yeah. That's a very good reason to go. Right. So we booked um, on Thursday night, I booked a uh, a little, it's kind of like a, I want to say German, but it's not German. It's... um. <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> Spanish. Um, no, it's what's Thor's hammer's name? Mignor? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, barbarian Yes, yes. Yeah. Viking y. Viking y. So sure. it's that sort of stuff. Um, super excited for that. And then on the Friday, 
We've booked an all-you-can-eat uh, seafood. Oh gosh. Um, a restaurant. So wow. at the Crown. So you know it's going to be good quality oysters. A lot of oysters. A lot of oysters. A lot of prawns, like yes. king prawns. Yes. Yeah. Now, when I was telling uh, my family, because mum was like, what are you doing this weekend? And I told her that we're going to Sydney. Um, and my brother goes, "What? like, what are you doing in Sydney? I was like, literally nothing. Like, we're just, you know, having, we're just eating. And he goes, well, you can eat in Dubbo, can't you? And I, <laughs> you can. I was like, yeah, you can. But then I showed him the restaurant and he goes, yeah. oh, can unfair. you send me the link? It's just unfair, really. Yeah. Because I think I've seen it because it's, it's been pushed on uh, on the reels and everything. Yeah. They just have uh, this mountain of food. It's towers of oysters and prawns. I know. It's, uh, it's like Christmas every day. It is. Well, at least you could tell your mum that you're hoping to come back with a baby. Food baby. <laughs> Well, here's uh, all the best for your pregnancy with your food, baby. Thank you. No, no, no. <laughs> That's okay. Hopefully he's a 10-pounder. Actually, hopefully not. Um, you know who you love? Who? Is uh, Trevor Long. Oh, I do love Trev. He's a really nice guy, off-air, really sweet guy, very, very funny too. Yeah, he's an absolute laugh. And earlier this week, uh, we talk, kicked it off talking about Samsung being early to the party. Yeah, this is wild. Um, normally, we can kind of set our clocks by iPhone announcement in September, Samsung's big phone in late February. Now, second week of January, they, they went out with a smartphone announcement. It'll be available on the 7th of February in Australia. It's the Samsung Galaxy S24. Normally, I'd say to you, oh, it's this thin, it's this light, it's this powerful, it's got this camera. But forget all that. It's beautiful. It's a good phone, everything. But AI built in. This phone will do live translation. So if you're in Korea, Vietnam, there's a bunch of languages supported. You could be on the phone to a restaurant. You speak English, the, the restaurateur hears their language. They speak their language, you hear English. Unbelievable. I tested it. It's pretty darn good. It's not fluent like a conversation, but for what you need to do, like book an Uber, book a cab, book a restaurant, brilliant stuff. Plus, if you're the kind of person that sends... Uh, misguided text messages, you've written them poorly, then there's a writing assistant built into this phone as well. So whether it's email or a text message, you could compose it and then say, you know what, give me suggestions. Should it be more polite? How could it be more professional? And it will give you those suggestions. Very, very cool built into the phone. Is there going to be one where um, it's just between you and your wife, when you ask her a question, she actually knows where she wants to eat? (laughs) Uh, No, that's uh, no, it's not possible. I don't think you understand yeah, how yeah, no. marriage works. <laughs> or technology. Clearly you're new to this. <laughs> Relatively. Now, password cracking down. Netflix has done it. Disney Plus is next. That's right. So last year, if you were sharing a Netflix account with a buddy or a family member, you were booted off. And that's going to happen this year, I'm confident, because uh, Disney Plus has updated their terms and conditions to isolate what is a household and how an account can be used. And that means that very soon, I would suspect within months, they'll announce this crackdown. So my mother-in-law, who's using my Disney uh, Plus account, gone. Can't use it anymore. I just hope that they introduce a lower tier additional account member fee that, like Netflix did so that there's a little bit less of a hit on people's hip pockets. But uh, yeah, if you're sponging off a mate, that's going to come to an end. Yeah, everyone's sponging off me for my uh, Disney Plus, so I'm kind of happy about that one. Cause I no, go you're going to be the winner here. Yeah, I go in and sometimes people are using my account to watch things and I'm like, that's well, – I was up you know to episode do. two. You change the password. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> I'll just go in and, into uh, into Jodie's uh, Disney Plus and just watch really weird shows so it, <laughs> so it stuffs up her al- al- algorithm. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, and finally, KO, they're going 4K. 
Yeah, this is great news for sports fans. You used to only be able to watch Formula One or AFL or NRL in 4K if you had Foxtel, Fox Sports. Now with KO, end of February, they're introducing 4K. So the uh, the basic plan will still be 25 bucks and only high definition. But if you're on the next plan up, you'll you'll pay now $35, so a $5 increase. You'll be able to watch it on two different screens at the same time, but you will get 4K. So I'm, I'm pumped because I use KO all the time. I watch all the Formula One, and now I'm going to get a bunch of other things in 4K as well, and 4K Formula One for the first time. So big news for KO sports fans. Trevor Long there. He'll be back like he always is on Tuesdays, giving us the latest tech news from around the world. Matho. Yes. Matho, the next yeah. time I bring up, you know, like a heartfelt, mm-hmm. nice, warm story, yeah, can you not finish it with a gag? Matho, I have a bit of a... A tearjerker for you. Oh, a story. Yeah, a story. Don't make me cry. It's about, I, I know that you love puppies. I do. And every chance that you get, you'll show me a picture of a puppy. That's right. Which is great. It's it, a joy in my life. It makes my life happy. <laughs> now, we're going over overseas a little bit to Pembroke, Pembrokeshire, oh, okay. Welsh, um, where a six-legged dog was abandoned. So, a dog yeah. had, you know, how they have four legs, uh-huh. but it's... Back leg was split into two. Right. So it had six legs. Gosh, okay. Right yeah. On. So he got... Oh, um, and then another leg obviously had grown as well. Six legs. <laughs> Math. <laughs> seems like a busy dog. Busy dog. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he was abandoned in September last year um, just in a car park. That's not nice. No, it's not. I don't like to hear that. No, me either. But there's a, a plus side to it. Yeah. Um. The rescue uh, people over in Pembrokeshire mm-hmm. um, had raised money. They raised twenty eight thousand pounds. Wow, which, that's like four hundred million Australian dollars. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, to have the surgery for the dog, for the dog to have the surgery. Wow. Yeah. So it was. It's an. They uh, went through with. Um, they kind of said to them, expect you know him to maybe not make it because okay. it's a rare surgery. Which mm-hmm. you're like, yep, we've raised this money. You got to do something. The dog pulled through. Yeah. Walked for the first time the other day. Good on him. Right? Good on him. Uh, it was a bit unexpected, though, because they did lift him up properly. It turns out he had two more legs. It was just a massive spider. <laughs> Matho, mm-hmm. I don't know what's more terrifying an eight legged spider the size of a dog or your jokes? My jokes are hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Just ask Mark Coulton. Who has a big Australia Day ahead of him? It's an important day. Uh, I think it's uh, it's well worth uh, uh, celebrating. And so uh, tomorrow night um, we'll be at a function in Gunnedah. They had a sort of their award ceremony the night before. Uh, beats the heat a little bit, and um, then we'll drive on after that to a Dubbo for breakfast um, on Australia Day. And uh, uh, in Victoria Park, it's always a lovely morning, and, and uh, we'll, we'll head over to Dunny Do for lunch. So, especially in the last couple of weeks, about a day and. Uh, Changing the date or whether we should have it at all, I, I think it's a it's an important day uh, to recognise who we are, uh, and uh, you know whether you've been here for a half or a year uh, for for two months. I think it's an important day. Yeah, it certainly is, uh, and a good day to reflect on being an Aussie. Uh, now, something that's not, I guess, not so good or so good: the stage three tax cuts. Tell us a little bit about what's happening there. Okay, so they've, they've, we've already had um, uh, stages one and two uh, of uh, of the tax uh, cuts, and stage three was due. Uh, it looks like that they are going to uh, change them. I don't know, walk away completely, but change them. And it's a shame because this was part of a larger reform to simplify our tax system. Our tax system is very complex. It is that the prime minister's 
stepped away from a promise that he made before the election that he uh, wouldn't touch the tax cuts. And so uh, that's going to impact quite a few people um, right around the country. Yeah, I look forward to tax, tax cuts. I think that's one of the best things. So yeah, it's uh, yet to be seen. Um, and uh, there's some grants out there for saluting services. Can you tell us what they're for? Yeah, so these are, um, they close next week, so um, or the week after, sorry. Uh, and uh, these can be grants for you know, a local organisation that might want to do, um, you know, renovate a war memorial. They might want to write a history of uh, service men and women. They might want to put a mural. These uh, grants are... Uh, well received um, and that round is open now so um, if anyone's interested they can contact my office and we'll steer you in the right direction Alright that sounds like a yeah. plan Mark Horton, Federal Member for Parks, thank you so much for joining us today, safe travels and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks Thanks, always good to chat thanks, And thanks to Mark Horton there, the Federal Member for Parks we'll catch up with him every couple of weeks like always Martho, I love a good charity You do, you're a very charitable lady I Thank you, okay. I am and you know we got to speak with Jamie who is the head on show of Gaps which is Greyhounds as Pets Thank you for having me oh, It's our absolute pleasure Jamie Lots of greyhounds. Do they keep you busy? Oh, they do. They're so. I mean, it's the best thing going to work with all these greyhounds. It's the best day going to work, really. <laughs> that would be such a good job. It would be good. Just go in for cuddles. Yeah. Having a bad day. Where's Jamie? Oh, she's, <laughs> she's, she's had a bad day. <laughs> she's had a bad day. <laughs> she's in with the pups. You know oh, what I mean? That's right. Now, Jamie, can you sort of give us a reason why there is a like there's always adoption for for and for dogs you know dogs and, and cats and all the rest of it but you've got something very specific for greyhounds why is there a adoption service like yourself like yours for greyhounds specifically i guess it's the breed that we look after so it's the breed that we we um that's our whole gambian of what we do it's our our adoption program so we get our dogs um, generally after their racing career or maybe sometimes they haven't even raced and then we find them homes. And we have this really unique practice where we're actually, we match our dogs specifically for our people. So, you know, they get the perfect family and the family gets their perfect dog. So it's, it's a really good program because we know the history of the dogs. So we, can, we, we know where they're best suited and they end up living in their forever homes. Uh, it works really well. Are these dogs, uh, sorry, uh, Joe, I just had a quick question. No, Are right. these dogs all to do with the racing industry? Well, it's, the greyhound themselves are a registered breed, so that's that's the industry that they come into, but it's not necessarily that they've all raced. So, yes, they, they come through that pathway, but they come directly to us, and that's why we're specifically looking at the adoption of greyhounds. Okay, so some of these dogs have raced, some of them have been very good, some of them have never raced, some of them were bad, some of them were never good at getting off the couch, that type of arrangement? Yeah, that's the kind of thing. I mean, I think it's like people, some of us like to go to the gym and some of us like to go to the pub. So, you know, we <laughs> have great. we have greyhounds that have the same personalities. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, um, you know, it's really nice when you look at their, their lifespan. They're, they're animals that live to 15 years. And even if they were racing dogs, it's a very small portion of their, their lives. So essentially, even the ones that race are like retired athletes and they end up being in family homes as pets for sometimes 10 and 12 years of their lives. Mm. Yeah, wow. Now, your adoption day is on the 27th of January out at Mudgee. If we come out, what are we um, to expect on the day? Yeah, so we've got, we're at some Lowe's Family Wines, so really beautiful setting for our greyhounds. So we'll have somewhere between 10 and 15 greyhounds. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, and greyhounds love to sit by a fire with a glass of wine with their owners. Yeah. Oh, match. am I a greyhound? On. That's right. <laughs> I saw you licking your but, paws. Um, 
Yeah, so we're at at Lowe's. We'll have between 10 and 15 greyhounds with us. Our GAP New South Wales team will be going out there. Um, and up on our website, which is www.gapnsw.com.au, we have all our greyhounds up there. But you can register for the day if there's a greyhound that you like. And what happens once you register, you get sent out a dogalogue, which has all our <laughs> greyhounds are up for adoption on the day. So once you're pre-registered, we can start matching for the families. And it's really nice, these types of events, people actually come for specific dogs. They see them online, they know who they want, they meet them and they fall in love. Oh, I, I think I've already it. fallen in love. You have. <laughs> um, I think Jodie will take all 15. <laughs> now, are they all different ages? They all, so so out at Mudgee, um, being a regional location, we're also going to bring out some of our senior greyhounds. So we have a beautiful greyhound, her name's Tina. Um, she's blind um, and, uh, sorry, Lulu's blind and we have Tina who's deaf. And um, then we have some other older greyhounds that are between 10 and 12 who are just looking for that forever home in the twilight years of their lives. And then we have some of our younger greyhounds coming out. So it's a really nice mix for people to see and showcase the, you know, the age difference and the personality difference of our greyhounds. Now, why, why, you said senior greyhounds. Why do senior greyhounds make great pets? I think at that point in time, they're very mature. Um, they know what they like. Um, they are very people-orientated um, greyhounds love people so they love to just sit by their own side go out on adventures and as you get older and they're a little bit more mature you don't have the puppy behaviors um they're very content just being on a couch or on the floor next to you whilst you're you know watching television so they're really they're a really nice calm companion are they i think a lot of people would think that they're just constantly running after things uh, will they just tear off uh, or is it no. dog by dog Look, it's dog by dog, but, but generally our greyhounds, they're, they're not marathon runners, they're sprinters, um, and not all of them like to run. So there's some that are, are goofballs that love to play around in the backyard with, with toys. There's others that would like to go for a long adventure walk with their families. Um, they are, I mean, as a breed, they are able to run very fast, but not, not all greyhounds like to do that either. But it's, it's about, obviously, responsible pet ownership if you're, in a, if you're in an open area having your dogs on leads and such like that. But, no, they're not high-energy dog, high dogs. Generally, a 20-minute walk a day is really all they need. Gosh, that's all I need too, apparently, according to my PT. <laughs> uh, no, they are. Look, I've had personal experience. I, no, I never liked greyhounds. I just put my hand up. I thought they were ugly and I thought they were badly behaved. I've met a lot of them. No. <laughs> through, I, I, I used to wash dogs for a living. I met a lot of them. They, honestly, if they had fluffy fur, uh, they would be the most home dog because they have such the, such fantastic temperaments. And they are so loving. They do, yeah. They've got these eyes that just sort of look at you and just say, please hold me. I just don't want to run anymore. They, they, they pierce into your soul, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. They're fascinating animals. Um, and they're very unique in the dog world. They're beautiful animals. So let's encourage people to get out to Mudgee um, uh, on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing, you, you touched on a really good point with them. Um, we're actually starting to train them up as companion animals as well because they've got that real empath mentality. They also do this beautiful thing called a greyhound lean. They lean up against your leg and it's like a weighted blanket. It's just so comforting. I think Jules is sold. (laughs) S-O-L-D. So, Jodie, you'll you'll be registering, will you, on our website? Yeah, I kind of – I really do want to. Mr. Jodie's not going to be very happy. We do have um, a Border Collie. Uh, He's a – how old is he? He's about three. So he's he's starting to simmer down. And he's going to want a friend. He yeah, he just lays around. He's yeah. probably going to be just as lazy is as the greyhound. Is this Mr. Jody or? Yeah. 
anyway. Same, same. <laughs> Jamie, we'll, uh, we'll put all the details of that up uh, on our socials as well, but it's at Mudgee on, uh, on Saturday. What winery were you at? Or what? So we're at Lowe's, Lowe's Family Wines between 10am and 3pm on Saturday the 20th. Okay, that's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, we'll put all those details up on the socials. And uh, we hope uh, you have a very successful day, Jamie. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much. I just get the feeling that Jamie's always got dogs at her home that aren't hers. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, me too. I dream of having a farm just with dogs there, just rescue dogs. Some really special looking dogs, you know what I mean? You can't say no to a dog. I know. Matho, we've had so many guests on this week. Yeah, we chatted to a lot of people, got a lot of info, uh, and it's been great. They've been fantastic guests. Yes, we have. And now our next guest that we spoke to is Bella McKenzie. She is from the Women's Waratahs, and they've come up to Dubbo for a holiday training camp. Now, you're almost a local. Were you born and raised in Bathurst? Oh, no, I was born in Bathurst, but I um, grew up in Lightning Ridge, so... In Lightning oh, Ridge? Wow. wow. Ridge. How did you end up in footy uh, apart from uh, opal mining? <laughs> well, my dad's actually an opal miner, but um, rugby league, we played rugby league um, in the Ridge. So, Radio. yeah, fell into it that way. Yeah, wow, you just fell into it. Just happened yep. to fall upon it. <laughs> right, yeah, better than one of those holes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're here in Dubbo for the holiday break camp. You've got a whole heap of girls from New South Wales attending. What are you up to? Yeah, so we've got um, a five-day camp here in Dubbo. I'm training out of Apex. And, um, yeah, I think we're doing some community bits as well, which will be really exciting. And, yeah, it's cool to come out to a rural town and, Dubbo's rugby community is um, fairly strong, so yeah, it's awesome to be here. What was the uh, what was the inference for doing this? Is there a uh, an, a need to get some more grassroots sort of support for the uh, game more broadly, or was there you know a lot of people just wanted you to come out and uh, sort of say good day to the other girls and encourage them to play? Oh, uh, I think a bit of both. I mean, when I was growing up, um, we never had any. Um, rugby teams come out to my little town or as far as Dubbo as I, as I know. So, yeah, it's really exciting times. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I think every like rugby team should do is give back to the community and especially the rural ones, which probably don't get as much love as some of the, um, of the Sydney clubs. So, yeah, it's super exciting to be out here. Yeah, we don't get enough love. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't. Have you ever um, have you been at Apex before? Have you played? Yeah, or have you... I actually have played Apex in, in high school, some sevens comps there, which, um, yeah, it was really fun. So, yeah, it was yeah, really cool to be back here in Dubbo. And Dubbo was like my big city when I was growing up. So, um, yeah, being a bit older and being here now, it's kind of funny, like going to old Dubbo jail and things like that that I did as a kid. So, yeah. That's cool. That's nice. That's lots of fun. Well, we hope you have a fantastic time here. We really do appreciate your effort. And uh, we hope that you know in the future there'll be a, a Dubbo girl running around uh, in the Waratahs doing us proud as well. So thank you so much for uh, everything you're doing. No, thank you for having me on. Yeah, what a great ambassador for the Waratahs is Bella McKenzie. And uh, good luck to her. And, and uh, thank you too for uh, giving some advice and leadership to the young girls playing uh, playing the sport here in Dubbo. Absolutely. And she's quite young as well. Which yeah, is, I know. You know, it's great to see so many young people in sport. And mm-hmm. another person that we spoke to is Brock Feeney. Yeah, 21 years old and already racing cars at Bathurst 12 hour. 93.5 Triple M, it is Johnny Matho for breakfast. We are joined by racing car extraordinaire Brock Feeney. Good morning, Brock. How are you? Morning, quite the intro. Thank you for that. Oh, that's absolutely my <laughs> pleasure, mate. My my uh, my pleasure. You got a lot going on at the moment. Uh, we won't take too much of your time, but uh, 
Let's get into it. Yeah, you're with the uh, Triple Eight Pros entry for 2024 for the 12 hour. How are you feeling about uh, everything that's going on? How's the preparation and how's your chances? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I love the 12 hour event at Bathurst. It's uh, it's it's a great event because the internationals come over and you get to test yourself against the best guys in the world. But um, we had a test last week at Tail and Bend in Adelaide, and and all things went well with myself and Will Brown, my new teammate. So. Look, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we're putting in as much effort as we can to be competitive. And, and look, we want to go there and we, we want to be up the run up the front and we want to be on the podium and try and win the race. So we're doing all we can these couple of weeks and hopefully we're, we're right in the mix. Well, getting on the podium is the whole point, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. You want exactly. to get a good result, uh, which is uh, which is fair enough too. Now, Bathurst is it's obviously a special truck for you. I mean, you celebrated your 18th birthday there. Uh, but what makes Bathurst a 12-hour unique uh, compared to other events? And how are you going to approach racing um, on you know such an iconic circuit? Yeah, it's unreal. It's honestly, it's the best track by country mile in Australia. And, and to be honest, it's it's one of the ones that stand out in the world when you talk to everyone. So to have it in our backyard's awesome. But the cool thing about it is that we get to do a 12-hour race around there. And it's, you know, you start in the dark in the morning and you finish sort of sunset in the afternoon. And um, the, the cool thing, as I sort of went to before, is racing the best guys in the world at, at our track. You know, they sort of get to come. They're so used to these cars, but we're so used to the track. So it's a bit of a mix. And uh, it's always good fun racing those guys and, and pushing yourself to another level. Yeah. Um, now, last year, uh, you qualified in the front row but finished fifth. What's uh, what's the goals for this year? You mentioned before getting on the podium. I, I guess that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, I mean, the ultimate goal is to go there and win the race. Yeah, <laughs> of course. If we, <laughs> if, we didn't, if we didn't think that that was achievable, we probably wouldn't be doing it. So, yeah. for sure, we, we want to be there and we want to be competitive and and look, if we put our best foot forward, the result will be what it will be. So, um, yeah, we had a great qualifying last year. The race wasn't as good. Um, so we've tried to learn from that. And, and look, I, yeah, I don't think there's any reason why we, we can't be competitive and, and challenge for the win. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, you're so young. I'm going to use young. You're younger than me, so I can say you're so young. <laughs> twice his, I'm more than twice his age. <laughs> and he can drive much faster than me. Um, do you have any advice for, you know, the young guys out there or girls that are getting started and they kind of want to be in your position in a few years? Yeah, I, I suppose for me, I started in go-karting and that's sort of, I suppose, the general pathway to, to move your way up. But the biggest thing is just to enjoy what you're doing. And the the great thing about it is now I'm still having so much fun doing what I'm doing and uh, I've been on this journey with my parents the whole time and they've been massively involved, so... It's just build your way up through the, the junior ranks in go-karting and um, see if you enjoy it. And if you do, just keep working towards your dream pretty much because um, it certainly can be achievable. I guess you do start out for fun and now you're in a position where you've got sponsors and you've got you know, race bosses and all that type of stuff. That pressure hasn't taken away any of the spark and fun for you? No, it, I suppose it's, it's a different... It's a, it is a bit different these days. And obviously when I first started... Um, it was fun just driving around. But now, if I come 15th, I'm probably not having a fun time, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously a lot result-driven our sport, and, and so is all sports, to be honest. But um, look, at the end of the day, we're, I'm super lucky to be what we're doing. No matter what the result is, we're, we're driving race cars around Australia, and um, it's, it's our so-called job. So we're in a fortunate position to be where we are. Uh, there's not many in Australia, but... Um, 
on the days that you do win, there's there's certainly no better feeling. Yeah, of course. And looking beyond Bathurst, what are your plans and goals, uh, you know, for the upcoming supercar season? Yeah, well, it's only a week after the 12-hour straight back down to Bathurst for round one of the championships. So it's going to be a busy start to the year, but um, I can't wait. I mean, I'm really excited for this year. I'm, I'm nearly more excited than I was for my first year. So I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a long, long year, but uh, look, we finished third in the championship last year, so the goal is certainly to try and go a couple of better this year. No worries. Brock Fenny, thank you so much for joining us today, mate, and all the best of luck and stay safe in the race. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, champion of the future, 21-year-old Brock Feeney, uh, racing in the Bathurst 12-hour and uh, just a great bloke to uh, talk to. He is. And, Matthew, you know another great guy to talk to? Who? Shane A. Bassett. Oh, Shane A. He's a fantastic guy. And uh, going into the long weekend, uh, we spoke a lot about uh, Aussie movies, but we kicked it off talking about the musical The Colour Purple. I'll tell you my thoughts on the film in a minute, but it's a remake uh, of the 1985 Steven Spielberg-directed film, which was a big hit in, in its time. It introduced us to Oprah Winfrey, who was in it, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Danny Glover also was in it, it won Oscars. Uh, but this one is a musical version. Now, if you go to the movies at the moment, you're going to see three. there's three musicals on, which is yeah. pretty rare. All at one time, you've got Wonka, yeah. you've got Mean Girls, and now The Colour Purple. That's why all, I haven't been um, to the cinemas in such a long time. Yeah, all original films have been turned into musicals. And this one is another, a bit like Mean Girls. It's been, it was brought out on Broadway as a stage production. And then that they've transferred that onto the movie. It's, look, it's, I've got to be honest, and it's a struggle to get through, only because, honestly, the emotional vibe of the film and the serious nature of the themes are quite difficult to sort of sing about, but they do. Um, it did receive an Oscar nomination earlier this week, um, which deserved for Danielle Brooks. She's terrific in it, young young actor. But uh, unless you really love musical theatre in the cinema, uh, give... Colour Purple a miss. Oh, very, wow. very rare. Uh, give it a miss by Shane Bassett. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of I understood it, and and I thought the the seriousness of the um, the African American emotional ties that are all the the women in the movie they're bonding together just because against adverse circumstances. Those themes are strong, and they're very good. That carries over from the movie, the original film, but uh, the musical side of it. I don't know. I just oh, no, wanted just, it to finish. It's a bit, maybe a bit too whimsical for the colour purple. I feel like it's really hard also. Um, I mean, I've been looking at Mean Girls from, I've watched a lot of um, the Broadway, you know, on YouTube from it because I haven't yeah. been lucky enough to go down and see it um, in person. But it, it just, it doesn't translate over. Like the singing isn't the yeah. same. There's not enough like soul and purpose and like theatricalness yeah. in it. I feel yeah. like it's really, yeah, it's really hard to make it look the same. Mm. And, then- and in the Mean Girls case, as I said when we reviewed it, it's very hard when it's, it's a 20-year-old movie that has modernised to a younger generation. So they've changed so much yeah. of what mm. happened. Actually, Mrs. Matho went too. and saw Mean Girls and she was like, meh. Really? And she loves musicals. Oh. It was nearly a deal breaker for us when we were dating. <laughs> the Dry 2, speaking of Aussie movies, The Dry was a fantastic film with Eric Banner. Yes. The Dry 2, I'm hoping, mate, that you're going to give this not a miss, but a get. Oh, yeah. It is two thumbs up. It is a pretty incredible sequel to The Dry, which was already a, a really impactful drama. Well, this one steps everything up a few notches. Um, the Dry 2, Force of Nature, Eric Banner returns. He's one of our greats. I mean, he did Chopper. 
uh, in 2000. So that's like 24, year old, 24 years old now. Um, and he was doing things before that, and he made it in Hollywood. Now, he plays a detective who goes on a case of a missing person. A, a group of five hikers go out um, into the Victorian highlands, into the mountains, but only four come back. Now, the four that do come back are keeping quiet. They're not saying to anyone what happened to their friend. So the investigation escalates from there. Yeah, okay. um, really good story. Uh, there's ex- there's advanced screenings this weekend, over the long weekend, but then it kicks into cinemas from next Thursday. But if you get a chance, watch it this weekend. I highly recommend it. One of the best Australian films I've seen in a long time. Mm. Wow, that's a big call. Big call. Uh, Shane Bassett, Movie Guru, extraordinaire. Have a great long weekend and we'll catch up next week. Yeah, thanks, Matho. You take care, Jody, and be safe, everyone. Great to talk to Shane Bassett, absolute consummate professional. We speak to him about movies every Thursday. Matho, what a busy week we've had. We had a busy start to the year, really. Yes, it has been. Two weeks in. Yeah, it's only going to get busier. Uh, and uh, we're doing these podcasts every Friday. So if you miss out on anything, you can always get the podcast Friday mornings. It's the Jody Matho Breakfast Show on 93.5 Triple M. Bye.